This is a brand new episode of the World Staffing Podcast, the interview podcast brought to you by Candidly, where we meet with entrepreneurs, successful business owners, and the greatest minds of the staffing industry. We are interested in what drives them, what inspires them. We want to know what their everyday work looks like and what keeps them up at night. We should all learn from them and at the same time, have a good time. And this is your host, Jan Yedlinski. Welcome to a brand new episode of the World Staffing Podcast. Today with a fellow HR tech founder who has built a very successful university campus recruitment service. I met him a few years back when he was part of the Y Combinator startup school in a group of companies that I was advising. And now he's tackling a new problem, which I think is ripe for disruption. He's redefining job applications. I'm very pumped for this conversation. Welcome to the World Staffing Podcast, Vahan. Hi, Jan. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I have a ton of questions for you today. But before we dive in, tell us a little bit about your story into the HR tech industry. How did you guys start it? And you know, <laughs> how, how did you got into that industry? Yeah. So as you mentioned, like this is our team's second company together. So we're actually tackling this new problem together with the, with the same team almost. And we got into the space in second year of college from absolutely nowhere with no background in HR or recruiting or no experience doing any of that. We just found the evergreen kind of problem of how do you get a job as a student or as a recent grad? And we tried to tackle it. It turned into a talent marketplace. We did some recruiting. We advised some companies and then we turned it into a university kind of adjunct platform that also helped them sort out their stuff, their career centers. And that's kind of how we got started. Eventually, we helped 150 companies hire students. We placed 400 people in the first like 18 months of our operations. And yeah, that, that's how all of, all of my experience comes from, basically. Cool. It's very exciting. And then, you know, while building Bridgie, I guess you have learned a ton from the customers you've been working with. And that's how you ended up building the, the new company, right? So I know that you with Cauldron are now working on a new problem, which is redefining job applications. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, how did you guys came up with the idea? And where did you see the pain points in the market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we work with startups, we work with enterprises where we've pre-IPO companies. And one thing we noticed is that we didn't like how they hired. Obviously, we didn't know anything about like recruiting, how it's done by a textbook. Is there even a textbook? But we didn't like what was happening because of a few things. Well, it was taking companies way too long to identify the people they want to hire from the first batch of resumes, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would complain to us, right? They would talk to us. They would say, hey, like it, it takes us five weeks we were doing an interview stage, we're doing a phone screening stage, we're doing tasks, we're doing assessments, assignments, all these things. And at the end of the day, the five people are hiring major interviews, they're not happy with it. They're not happy with the quality, they're not, they're not happy. We dug deeper, we found that about 60% of resumes never get read by a human. We mm-hmm. found that a lot of times the rejections that would come just based on your resume aren't based on anything, but like certain certain things that would usually cause bias in, in the reader's mind. We found that the tasks quite often didn't address the skills needed for the actual job. And there was clear misalignment in those things. And yeah, w- we thought we could, we could figure out something that would work better for them. Mm-hmm. We tried a few things. We kind of, uh, w- we pivoted a few ideas here and there. 
one thing that stuck was moving as much information, as much uh, as much fact gathering about Candace's skills and merit and their commitment as possible into the job application instead mm-hmm. of after it, right? So that's kind of where the cauldron idea comes from. Instead of just getting a resume and trying to figure things out based on that piece of paper, essentially what you do is you fact check and fact gather at the job application. That's super interesting. And I think that's super exciting also for the staffing and recruiting industry itself, right? When you look at the last couple of years, everybody's talking about the candidate experience, you know, the the war for talent and, and skill shortages basically, you know, bigger than ever, right? And companies are thinking, how can we attract our candidates and how can we make this entire experience better? Walk us through the difference between the process today, like, you know, how companies have set up their process versus what you would do with Cauldron. So like if a customer would basically implement your product versus their past experience, how would it look like? Yeah, so, I mean, everyone has an ATS, right? Everyone knows of a, what a CRM is. Cauldron is something in the middle of those two products. It builds on top of these already existing products. And we call it an application experience platform. So what we help you to do is to build, design, and calibrate your application experiences. So what I mean by application experiences is really a few things. One is we help you figure out what should you, what can you put in the job application in terms of what tasks, what assignments, what kind of assessments you can put in the application. So it gives you enough information for you to actually Maybe figure out who you want to interview straight from the application or figure out a better shortlist from that. Besides, we also help you figure out the candidate communication, what emails, what text you want you want to send, what, what kind of messaging you want your candidates to have, all of that. Also backed by the stats and the data the, the platform gathers to help you improve at every cycle. So a good word for that is like calibrate, right? You, you, you think of it as running a job application and then knowing everything you need to know in order to improve it the next time around. Candidate feedback, kind of engagement analytics, all of that. Yeah, so really what we help you to do is essentially is run a job app, eventually is run a job application that completely doesn't rely on a resume or person's experience or education or any any kind of information that you usually use for pattern matching. So here you have concrete skill-based, merit-based info for how you screen people. That's interesting. Do you see a specific use case in any segment that works best? professional recruiting or I mean in, in, in certain skill segments that are maybe working better than others for this type of applications? Yeah, so most of our customers currently are uh, in the tech in the tech sector. Uh, all of them are high, really high-growing companies. Mm-hmm. The biggest success cases we have right now are in these jobs that you hire a lot for. These like evergreen roles that never close, right? They're open throughout the year. And you can really benefit from calibrating and running a few different rounds of the same job application throughout mm-hmm. the year. So those roles are your customer support department, your BDRs, your SDRs, your, your sales Salesforce, your junior kind of engineering roles, like QA roles, management roles, designer roles. One way I, I look at it is the roles where you don't really have the concept of a portfolio. For engineering, I mean, you can you can tell someone to kind of show you a project or on GitHub or something they've made, and you you have a good understanding of their skill set. But 
there's nothing like that that exists for kind of sales, customer support, finance, all of these other non-tech positions. So yeah, what some of our customers have been doing, they've been building these application flows with tasks and questions so that they figure out what these people can do in a portfolio type of way. Interesting. That's, that's very interesting. So, you know, basically, uh, ultimately replacing the resume and having a workflow that tells you much, much faster if a candidate can actually do the tasks that you want them to do. And I think that's, you know, very timely, you know, as everything is moving more towards outcome-based and task-based type of jobs and engagements, right? So, I think every staffing and recruiting company should actually look at this type of experience for their candidates, right? If you look at the traditional staffing and recruiting companies out there, their application process that sits on their website is usually uploading a resume, adding a couple of details, and that's pretty much it. Usually you have to connect your LinkedIn and then the data is not pulled correctly. And then you as an applicant are super annoyed. You don't hear back and it just takes ages, right? So creating a much better experience for the candidate that will give a recruiting company a faster way to make a decision on a specific candidate and even use that as a competitive advantage to upsell this experience to your customers, right? Staffing and recruiting companies are always looking for ways how they can justify their services and potentially implementing a product like Cauldron could be extremely helpful, I think. So kudos to you to come up with that idea and with this new concept, I think, right? There's obviously a few other companies that are solving similar problems. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit as well. If you look at the landscape of HR tech and job applications and assessment products, how would you compare to the traditional assessment product that is out there? Uh, yeah, so really good question. I guess like when I look at the market, there's a few ways I see companies trying to address the problem of too many applications, right? Mm -hmm. The first one is you have some kind of algorithmic way, algorithmic system that screens through resumes and gives you a short list, which which is something we as a company are, well, very obviously against doing just because these algorithmic systems have resulted in the in the very terribly toxic climate that's currently in the hiring market, right? If you're a job seeker, you have so many things to think about when applying to a job. And like a statistic is that an average computer engineer who's out of college needs to spend six to seven months looking for a job. Mm-hmm. That's for them to market themselves, network through companies, set up set of drip campaigns to hiring managers, right? So these are skills that a software engineer does not need to have. They don't need to have, uh, they don't need to know marketing or sales concepts to lend their job. That's not something that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they would just focus on their work and improve their actual skill set. But we ended up in this market because like, a lot of times when applying to companies, your resume or just keywords on your resume mean much more than what, what your skills actually are. So I found when talking to applicants, I found that their original original problem is how do I get to the doors of recruit? How do I talk to them, right? How do I talk to these companies, like talent team, actually? I, I can't get into the door. Mm-hmm. So when when that's done, obviously, like when when people are looking at your resume or when other companies like are giving you a chance, 
you have the other side of things, which are assessment companies, right? We we want to assess your skill. We've seen your resume. We either like automatically sent you an assessment or we looked at your resume. We liked it. We're sending you an assessment to check for your skills. There are a lot of cool companies that do kind of coding assessments, coding tests. There are like a few companies coming up that are trying to replicate that model for kind of not non-tech roles. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing good job. I think when you have a large enough volume of, of applications, you can't really manually go through each applicant. So a solution like this is needed, mm-hmm. which is completely fine. These companies focus on making content, making the assessments for talent teams that don't have the bandwidth to do that, to do that in-house, which is really good. In Cauldron, we don't really focus on making the content just yet. We our platform is like a sandbox type of thing where town teams can just play around and build whatever they want. We're open to integrate with any kind of assessment system you have to put it in front of applicants sooner uh, in the kind of uh, hiring cycle and have them do it upfront instead of much later, much later when, when uh, their resume has, has to pass a few screenings first, right? So that's something we help you to do. But obviously you can build out any kind of assessment on Cauldron. Uh, it's, it's, if it's uh, kind of a test, if it's a video, if it's a question, if it's a voice message you want to ask for, you can do that. Makes sense. And you also integrate, I assume, with the applicant tracking systems of the world, right? Both maybe on the hiring manager side, you know, like a greenhouse or a lever, but maybe also on the staffing agency side in the future with like a bullhorn or uh, similar ATSs used by companies already, right? Yeah, so uh, we, we we build on top of the ATS. So yeah, if if you if you have an ATS, I mean everyone has an ATS. If you if you're using a tracking system and you want to kind of run your application through that, then you can do that after the initial screening stage that we provide to you. And yeah, I would love to someday work with hiring agencies as well and see see staffing agencies as well and see how we can capture that value for staffing agencies. Again, this is a really interesting space. I think the value that a platform like Caldron Caldron could give them is amplified tremendously for just because of the volume of hiring that they're doing. (laughs) I agree. I agree totally. And I think there's, there's a huge opportunity specifically in regards to a very hot topic in the market, which is direct sourcing. So staffing and recruiting companies are looking to differentiate their services. Their clients are looking to obviously reduce costs always and, and, and finding new ways and putting together new services that you can resell to customers, which are just speeding up the time to fill those roles is extremely important. So, and you know, the, the other thing is also branding, right? I think that's a massive issue in the staffing and recruiting industry. Nobody's really looking at that. And when you look at the generation of workers that is coming now into the market, they're just used to completely different interactions on their day-to-day with apps and, and applications that they use. And it's not replicated at all in the staffing and recruiting world, right? So you still have you know, very old websites you know, that are not mobile optimized. You have a lot of cumbersome and, and, and clunky processes that people would just drop out of, right? So and then you know, people or staffing companies are wondering why they are not receiving applications or why staffing, like why candidates are dropping out of the process. I think that's one of the things that need to be addressed. And I think Cauldron is in a very great position to tackle uh, some of those problems. Let's maybe shift a little bit to the more general topic. You know, you, you as a founder, you know, you've, you've now basically started your second company and, you know, there's always things that keep us up at night, but what is it for you? Are there any things that, you know, keep you up at night these days as a founder of an HR tech startup? Ooh, um, 
I mean, as a founder in general, I think two things you'll <laughs> you have in mind always is how do I get customers, and again, in in, in some cases, how do I get funding? So th- those are like the the problems that always I think keep every founder up at night. One thing, one thing as an HR tech founder, um, as, as someone who's gone through this process twice already, is I mentioned about the space is the persona of a recruiter or a head of talent, let's say. I found that there are way too many different kind of head of talents or like talent leaders mm-hmm. uh, in the space. I haven't found a way to to generalize everyone. They are very different. And when mm-hmm. you're working on a product, there is more more work for you to do to identify exactly what kind of people you're you're talking to or you're selling to or you're helping, right? Mm-hmm. So. Again, every type of company, every segment of company hires very differently. So mm-hmm. if you're solving problems in hiring, then you have to know exactly who you're talking to. And the side effect of that kind of disjunctness is that I haven't found places or spots on the internet that town leaders hang out. Mm-hmm. There aren't really like communities that you can visit and, hey, yeah, I, I can do like... Uh, every people I need to do a user interview with are in this website or on this spot, right? There's no, there's no really a way to do that. You have to, you have to do much more homework to find out who you want to talk to and try to reach out to them. LinkedIn is a good way. Twitter is a good way, but there isn't really that magical Slack chat, and <laughs> that yeah. you can just enter and uh, everyone can talk to you, right? So yeah, for 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 aspiring founders, that that's something that you need to do more homework on. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I think you're right, right? You know, the market is so fragmented and you have so many different use cases and, and, and so many people working in that industry, you know, not only in, you know, on the on the staffing and recruiting side, but obviously much bigger on the client hiring side, so to say, right? So do you feel like you get a different opinion about your product from every person that you talk to and they want to have customizations and they want to have, you know, something specifically for their use case or do you feel like it's very universal? Like how are you approaching like building product? You know, from my experience in the past, we've had conversations and in every second call, there was something completely new, which would be probably custom to that particular company, which we didn't want to do, obviously, right? We wanted to build something that could be applicable for everybody. How is it for you? So we've had a really interesting journey again through through pivots. The last iteration of Cauldron, I'd say we've, we've been pretty successful at connecting the, the vision of our product with potential customers and town leaders. Mm-hmm. They've been corresponding really well to like the idea of there not being just one standard way to apply to jobs. It's a very simple concept that most of the best companies I talk to, they're already thinking, okay, how do how do we get rid of the resume? Like we need more information about our candidates faster. Mm-hmm. We need to do we need to make decisions faster because like people are getting multiple offers nowadays. We need to make good interviews because our, our hiring manager is spending way too time, way too much time just going nowhere with their interviews. So all these problems exist. It's just, I guess I, I haven't seen a lot of people who are thinking actively in uh, okay, how do we actually how to actually tackle the, the the resume? I mean, everyone knows that applying to jobs with resume or resume isn't really a good indicator of skill that's been out there since the '90s. But 
that doesn't seem to be a good enough approach of how to how to resume it. And the, the best companies I've talked to, they're, they're trying to implement some of things. I mean, some of the companies I talked to are experimenting with the the new TikTok resume stuff, which I I, mm. I personally love. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I think the eventual solution is going to be is going to be a more flexible one because every kind of role needs to have its own specifics of how you talk about applying or how you talk about like skill match for the role. Super interesting. Super interesting. When you look at the customers that you work with today, what is your take on, you know, remote work? You know, there is obviously mixed opinions right now. Mm-hmm. Some people want their employees to come back to the office. Uh, a lot of large companies go completely remote and sell all of their offices. What do yep. you see in the market? So I actually wrote a, wrote a post on this on LinkedIn yesterday. So it's fresh on my mind. One thing I've noticed is the best companies I talk to, objectively the best companies in all metrics, are offering volunteer remote. Mm-hmm. So if if you don't want to come to the office, don't. Like we we have enough remote policy. We have, we we have enough in place that you can work from home, and we we won't lose productivity. We won't lose anything. And if if companies aren't on board with remote today they're going to miss out on a much more productive team, a lot of cost savings and like clear hiring advantages in the future. Mm-hmm. The opposite I found is also kind of relevant. If a company has a super strict office policy, which usually turns out on the job description, it's a red flag. <laughs> if you get an interview, uh, you should definitely, you should, you should, as a candidate, you should definitely ask some questions about it and why, why if they have a strong case, usually they won't. <laughs> and if you're a manager that's, that's having problems trying to convince their team to come, come on site, then there are maybe bigger problems that you should be aware of inside your team and culture. The coolest thing I think that's going to come out of this whole re- remote thing is the office like having a really cool office space has always been a benefit, right? Like companies like Google, they've built their brand on having a really cool office. I feel like it's part of it's part of their identity at this point. And I think we're going to go back to the office being a benefit, being a commodity. And I would really love to have teams experiment with people booking their office space for the day or the week, just like they're booking a meeting room or just mm-hmm. like they would book a, like a common area or a... a uh, mm-hmm. Something like that. I think that could be a cool model as as kind of a hybrid model, which goes into voluntary. Like if you want to come to office, you do that. If you don't, like stay at home, who cares? Like type of thing. Yeah, makes sense. I think there's there's. Um, I was thinking about it just recently. You know, maybe there is not like those large office spaces, but maybe there are smaller hubs that companies can experiment with, where you can book a place or book a book basically your team for half a day or a day yep. into a hub near you, right? Versus having this large office building somewhere where, where, where people have traveled to for an hour. So I think there's going to be a lot of change and I'm actually super excited about it. Are you guys all working remotely? I know that you're going back and forth between US and Europe often. Where Where is your team located? Uh, we're distributed, <laughs> so yeah. we don't see each other faces too much. Uh, we, we're obviously like some of us live in the same city, so we go out for drinks once in a while. But most of the most of the work is done on just Discord, and we had this set up even before the pandemic hit, so we were used to it, like working remotely, working async, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's been working for us. But I that said, I I do see us getting like a small kind of hub or small like a office space for us to just 
yeah, there are some days you want to you want to mm-hmm. see each other, right? You want to do 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 you want to kind of test the product? You want to do some <laughs> you want to fix some bugs? Then yeah, like seeing each other obviously could help. So I see us getting like a small room to to work out of. Awesome. Where do you get your source for industry news? Are there any specific outlets that you read to get information about both the HR tech industry or you know the the hiring market or what type of outlets do you do you consume on a daily basis? So that's a good question. I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm active on Twitter. Uh, I kind of see what people type uh, on there just to like keep up with the news. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> there are a few like uh, industry podcasts that are really good. And I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. And when there's a hot article that comes out, I usually follow that as well. Again, LinkedIn LinkedIn lets me know of that. Austin LinkedIn. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> One last question. What advice would you give to Someone that is starting a new HR tech company today. You know, you've been now in that in that journey for the last years. Is there anything that you would do different when you would start all over again now? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't build a job marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nor a job board for that matter. I mean, people are gonna build new job boards, but yeah, it's it's a complicated model. I would study it, but I wouldn't try to build it myself, even though it it you a lot about marketing and building a product, but I would talk to many, many, many more of recruiters and I would actually try to do like manual recruiting myself before mm-hmm. trying to build a product. Uh, I think you can, some of the problems in recruiting and HR are very apparent that everyone sees, but mm-hmm. those problems aren't solvable just yet. But if you actually go into the market and go into doing the work, you can find so much more that you can focus on. Awesome. Thank you for that advice. Where can listeners find you? I know that you you will be around at some conferences. I think one HR tech conference in Vegas. But besides that, where can somebody you know, learn more about Cauldron or yourself? Yeah. So we'll be in HR tech in Vegas at the end of the month. So uh, at the end of September. I am active on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Fahan Malkonian. You can find me on Twitter by the same name, I'm pretty sure. And you can check out the product at cauldron.app and let me know anything anything you think about it. Happy to give out uh, kind of free trials for some of our free, some of our paid tiers. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely link the website and, and your LinkedIn in the description. And whoever's listening, reach out to Bahan for uh, some trials for the product. I will definitely recommend it for any staffing recruiting company that wants to upgrade their game of applications for their candidates, you know, you should definitely talk to Vahan. He's building a great product. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to check in with you in the next six to 12 months to see how everything is going and we'll see if everything has changed or you know where you stand. I'm very much looking forward to see you succeed. So thank you so much for joining this episode. It was a pleasure having you and I'm looking forward to our journey together in the HR tech space and I will see you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jan. Thank you. You've been listening to the World Staffing Podcast. Brought to you by Candidly, the digital storefront for your staffing business. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Got a topic you want us to touch base on? Shoot us a message. 